What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my two co-hosts, John Kegley and David Drogemeyer. We're three writers from San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for four seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly. And this is our second season with the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, a lot to get into today. Another day where it's not the normal schedule because normally on a Tuesday, we would be getting into what went right and what went wrong from the previous week's game. But the Chargers are coming off of a bye week, so that's going to switch things up a little bit. So to start the show today, we're going to be starting with the news that came out over the weekend that Phillip Rivers has a high likelihood of not returning to the Chargers, a report by CBS's Jason LaCamphora came out and said that over the weekend. So we'll address that to start the show. And then in the second segment, we're going to be getting into the Chargers getting much healthier this week with some key starters back at practice and how that is going to impact the rest of the season. And then the last segment I'm really excited to do because we're going to be talking about some guys who have some free agency coming up or some guys that have a lot to prove over the last final games if they either want to earn a spot with the Chargers or if they want to get that next contract. So that's how we're going to wrap up the show today. But let's go ahead and get started, guys. This is your Locked On Chargers lead story. I'm Daniel Wade, joined by David Drogemeyer. The news of the day is that Jason LaCamphora of CBS Sports came out with a report over the weekend that Phillip Rivers and the Chargers could possibly be parting ways after the 2019 season. To quote him, he says, there is a very real chance that Phillip Rivers is not back with the Chargers in 2020, according to sources with knowledge of the situation. So this has been an ongoing subject for us, talking about Phillip Rivers and what his future may hold. This is one of the worst seasons that Phillip Rivers has had, and we've talked about all of the factors that have led to that, including Phillip Rivers' decline in play. So we know that this is a possibility that Phillip Rivers could not be suiting up for the Chargers after 2019, but there's really not very much out there that lets us know that he's interested in other teams as well. There haven't been many credible sources willing to put their name on Phillip Rivers potentially wanting to go to a certain team. Some of the teams that have been floated around are the Chicago Bears, who have a Super Bowl-ready defense and an obvious deficiency at quarterback. He's also been linked to the Titans, as we've talked about before, the closest team to his hometown in Alabama. But this is the first person that has been out there and put their name on a strong likelihood that Phillip Rivers is not going to return to the Chargers in 2020. So David, when you see something like this and you finally see someone that's credible put their name on this, what does it make you think? I guess it makes you pay attention a little bit closer. I mean, Jason Lockenfora doesn't really put out information too often that seems, you know, far-fetched or, you know, lacks some credibility. So, I mean, he's a pretty credible reporter. He's built his career off of that. So you have to, to take this report seriously. I mean, I think, you know, given Philip Rivers' play, you know, so far this season, obviously hasn't performed up to his standard. He's definitely uh, struggled. And, you know, obviously Philip Rivers is getting towards the end of his career. He's 38 years old, struggling to produce on the field right now. Uh, but I don't know. It's still, it just, something in me thinks that there's something you know, off about this report. I mean, for me, I think, you know, Philip Rivers, if, you know, the Chargers and Phillip Rivers part ways at the end of this year. Uh, I don't know if he's going to look for another team. Uh, I think he probably would just retire. 
Yeah, I think there are many options for Phillip Rivers. I mean, he could return to the Chargers. He could retire, depending on how the rest of this season plays out. And we don't necessarily even know what the Chargers' interest in bringing back Phillip Rivers is either. So that's another thing that plays an important role in this, because if the Chargers turn Phillip Rivers down and show disinterest towards Phillip Rivers, that may be something that could move the needle a little bit as far as Phillip Rivers maybe wanting to go somewhere else, improve his old team wrong. So I think that could play a part of it as well. But also in this report, it says a team official cautioned that no decisions on personnel for 2020 have been made and all evaluations are ongoing. Even now, he's hedging his bets a little bit about just the Chargers' interest in bringing Phillip Rivers back. But this is an obvious tension. And when you're a team that many people think could make a run to the Super Bowl, and now you sit at four and seven, these are obvious questions that are going to be asked. You're going to see rumors like this pop up about it. But the one thing that is interesting in this, David, is just how they talk about Phillip Rivers not wanting to be in LA and how that is a major factor in this. We know Philip Rivers still commutes from San Diego where his family lives to LA on a daily basis to go practice and play with the Chargers. And in the past, Philip Rivers has not been the Charger most likely to embrace LA. He's always been good to the San Diego fans and kind of just talked about how hard it's been for him to move as well. Not many players were able to go out there and put their name on how hard it's been for them to make that move. But Philip Rivers has been one of those guys. So if there is something, David, that does seem to connect some dots, we do know that Philip Rivers hasn't been the most pro LA quarterback. And that could be troublesome for a team trying to separate themselves from San Diego and want everyone to embrace LA. Rivers would rather put $250,000 into a, a car, tricking it out, turning it into a mobile QB room and transport from San Diego to L.A. for practices and games than purchase a, a property in L.A. And, and stay there and move his family there. Philip loves San Diego, has always been pro San Diego. That's very clear. And I can understand why the Chargers organization, you know, trying to establish a footprint in L.A. would probably not feel too great about their face of the franchise not really supporting and really diving headfirst into this move like they would want. I'm sure they would want someone to spearhead their efforts to try to break into this L.A. market. But Philip Rivers has done none of that. He hasn't done that. And that's part of the problem that the Chargers might have with potentially bringing him back. But for the Chargers to possibly turn away a quarterback who is given what Phillip Rivers has to the franchise and is possibly the best quarterback they've ever had and one of the greatest players that they've ever had. I mean, that would be a smack in the face. I think the last five games are going to have a lot to do with whether Phillip Rivers hangs it up or decides to go to another team or whatever he decides. I think it's a very fluid situation still, but there is one thing that's for sure, and I think that is Charger fans need to prepare themselves with this happening. I'm not going to say that it's likely at this point, but this is a possible outcome. So Chargers fans, to some extent, have to kind of come to terms with potentially seeing Phillip Rivers in another uniform. But we do have two more segments to get into, talking about the Chargers getting healthy again and the guys that are back at practice. 
who could have a major impact in the Chargers' final five games of the season. And then we'll get into the players that have the most to prove in these last final five games. But first, I need to tell you guys that when your team is 4-7, and seven, sometimes it can be less exciting than if your team's 11-0. So I understand that, but there is always one way that you can always make football games exciting, and that's by having a little action on the game. And if you guys are going to bet on football this season, there's only one place to do it, and that is my bookie. Right now, they have a special deal going on this Thanksgiving week. MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. All you guys have to do to get in on these special Thanksgiving week offers are go to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code locked on, and mybookie will still match your deposit dollar for dollar. That's promo code locked on, all caps, one word. Let me repeat where you guys are going to get it's a guaranteed deposit match and a risk free bet for up to $250. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose at mybookie.ag. All right, guys. Well, now it's time to get into the next segment. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about the Chargers getting some really key players back on the practice field that could potentially impact not only this game this week against the Broncos, but also the Chargers chances in the final five games of this season. And this week, we have some really big names that are getting back to the Chargers, John, which is the opposite of the news you normally get with the Chargers. We're not used to getting players back. We're only used to losing them. But this week is a pretty special week for the Chargers because you have guys like Russell Okung, Sam Tevy, Justin Jackson all back on the practice field after missing games. And you also have the added bonus of getting Derwin James and Adrian Phillips back on the practice field. And already Derwin James is impressing people on the field. I mean, it took zero time for Derwin James to get back on the practice field and start impressing. But John, we finally get some players coming back from injuries instead of losing players to them. It seems a little ironic that we're actually celebrating Sam Tevy coming back to the practice field. Honestly, isn't that crazy? And I mean it. (laughs) Yeah. Trey Pipkins was that bad to the point where we're just like, hey, hey, Sam Tevy, we kind of need you back on this practice field. Like, you suck. Don't forget about Trent Scott either. <laughs> You're not Trey Pipkins. <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of ironic, but getting Russell Okun back is pretty big for us. So having him back is going to help a lot against the Broncos and helping in making this supposed playoff push. Having Justin Jackson back is going to be your change of change of pace, getting that big 20-yard play back. We're finally going to have that back. So it's not just Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler. Now you're going to have that change of pace back. This offense is going to start coming together now. My worry is Derwin James and Adrian Phillips, how much are they going to play? Yeah, Derwin James is impressing at practice, but practice is not a game-time situation. How much is he actually going to play? How much can he handle playing just after missing the whole entire season, not having actual game experience this year? I'm worried that he might overdo it if they make him play every single play. Yeah, but I mean, they have said already that once he comes back from this, there should be no possible way that he could re-injure it further because of, you know, coming back. So if he's truly healthy, he shouldn't have any risk of re-aggravating it. I'm not talking about re-aggravating that injury. I'm talking about anything. It could be, hey, that hamstring wasn't game ready. So now he has a pulled hamstring that he has to worry. We've seen that before, too. 
Yeah, I'm not talking about his foot. I'm talking about just he's, is his body game ready? Is his knee ready? Is his hamstring ready? Is his back ready? Is is he been taking enough hits at practice to where when he makes a tackle with his shoulder, it doesn't dislocate? Just stuff like that. Yeah, but John, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that even if Derwin James were to play, you know, 25 snaps, 30 snaps in this game, it could still have a really positive impact for the Chargers. I think even if he comes back on a pitch count, he could still have a pretty positive impact for the Chargers. If he makes a difference in the run game this game, yes. The Broncos are either going to play Brandon Allen. Yeah, they're either going to play Brandon Allen or Drew Locke at quarterback. So I'm not too worried about the Broncos quarterback. But if he makes a difference in the running game this week, then yeah, even if he plays 15 snaps and all of them were impactful in the run game, yeah, he's going to make a great difference in this game. But like I said, the Broncos don't have an actual quarterback to worry about. Yeah, and obviously for the Chargers, we all know what the game plan is going to be. Spoiler alert for keys for success. But with if you guys saw the game last week against the Bills, I don't know if it's going to matter which one of those two quarterbacks goes out there. They could have a tough time, but the Chargers have made plenty of bad quarterbacks look good. But David, I think that Derwin James and Adrian Phillips on the defensive side of the ball, having those guys back, having Adrian Phillips to go out there and play dime linebacker when you've had guys like Jatavis Brown filling that role over the last few games. I mean, even if you get Derwin James and Adrian Phillips back for, you know, 20 to 30 snaps as they work their way back into shape, I think that is going to make a huge impact for the Chargers defense because I think those are two of the best tacklers on this team. And that's something we've seen the Chargers struggle with all season. And these guys have only played a combined two games. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's going to be really nice to see Adrian Phillips and Derwin James back on the field, especially at the same time that Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram are also healthy. I think you're really going to get a clear snapshot of what the Chargers defense was supposed to look like when the year started. Unfortunately, you know, we missed Derwin James for the whole year. We've only had a couple of games of Adrian Phillips, you know, and Melvin Ingram has been out, you know, for a couple of games now. All of the pieces on the defense are all healthy, ready to go, and hopefully we get to see exactly the type of defense we thought we were going to get when this year started. It's definitely exciting. I can't wait to see it. And it is a pretty unique moment for this defense because even when you think back to last year when they had Derwin James and Joey Bosa, I mean, we didn't really even get to see that for most of the season. And even when Joey Bosa came back, it wasn't the same type of player and that's so much harder I think as a defensive end to get back into that form as a safety you have more areas that you can impact the game like tackling which both of these guys are going to help with but for Derwin James to get back on this defense with Adrian Phillips I mean this is the closest we've seen the Chargers to full health on defense in a very long time I mean who at this point are they really missing? I mean, Joey Bose is out there. Melvin Ingram's out there. Derwin James, Casey Hayward. I mean, of course, now you're missing Michael Davis, which is like, of course, once your defense is finally getting healthy, you lose a player to suspension, right? I mean, that's just how things go. But, John, I really liked what you said about Justin Jackson because I think that could be an underrated addition back to this Chargers offense because I know we've been seeing the Chargers run the ball more effectively over the last few weeks, especially Melvin Gordon has turned it on a little bit and has played much better. But Justin Jackson brings a dynamic to that backfield that you just don't necessarily get with those other two guys, at least as far as him 
carrying the ball. I mean, he just has the ability to kind of pump out 20 plus yard runs. I mean, he was leading the NFL in yards per carry over the first few weeks of the NFL season, averaging over nine yards a carry. So Melvin Gordon is the workhorse back. Austin Eckler is obviously the pass catching back that can run the ball as well. But Justin Jackson might be the most electric runner with the football in his hands, with his ability to make people miss. Yes, he's really elusive and can hit the hole fast. That's one thing that I would say Eckler and Melvin Gordon don't really excel at is when the hole opens up, even if it's not that big, Justin Jackson will hit that hole as hard as he can and make the first guy miss, and that's where you get that 10 to 20-yard run. Whereas Melvin Gordon tends to hesitate a little bit when the hole comes, but he's big enough to carry a guy for another five yards and make it a six-yard run. Mm-hmm. Eckler's patient and will let the hole become bigger and allow himself to gain a few yards and will slip tackles and make it into a bigger run. But Justin Jackson hits that hole as soon as he can, and that's why it's a big 10- to 20-yard run. And that's why it's a change of pace play as well. He's that kind of guy where after you've hit the hole with Melvin Gordon, thrown some pass plays, got Austin Eckler going, Justin Jackson will come in and hit this 20-yard run. And all of a sudden, when you think you figured out the Chargers, now you have to figure out this new running play that they just came at you with with Justin Jackson. It was working really well the first few weeks. Yeah, I mean, let's think about that huge touchdown that he would have had that got called back against the Lions. I mean, 60-plus yards in that game were just a ridiculous run. And the cool thing about him is he doesn't need that many touches to be successful. I mean, we saw him in the beginning of the season getting less than 10 carries and putting up like 75 yards, 90 yards. Justin Jackson is explosive. But talking about the defense getting back to the healthiest it's been in a long time, David, this is the healthiest the Chargers have been at offensive tackle in a long time. And I think this is also big for Phillip Rivers because now it's like, okay, you have Scott Questenberry, who's playing pretty good. Dan Feeney was your starting left guard. You have your starting right guard in Michael Schofield. Now you have your tackles back, Sam Tevy and Russell Okung. You're really only missing Mike Pouncey on this offensive line. And like I said, Questenberry's been pretty good in his absence. So, David, right now the Chargers don't have many excuses as far as the offensive line. I mean, it's still not ideal, but if there was a time where Phillip Rivers would be given the best chance to succeed this season behind an offensive line, it might be right now getting both of these guys back. Oh, man. You cannot overstate how important it is to get Russell Okung back at left tackle. I mean, just that feeling of security for Phillip Rivers, the ability for him to step up in the pocket and know that he's not going to get demolished around the outside. When Russell Okung did come back from his pulmonary embolism, he did play really well. It seemed like he was making a difference, obviously, in pass protection, but also uh, he's a, a great run blocker, good in space. Uh, he's just, a, a, you're obviously, your hands down your best offensive lineman. And, and also to get Sam Tevy back, I mean, I know we're, we're kind of we're making fun of Sam Tevy coming back, you know, and, and why it's so important. But he's obviously a step above, you know, Trent Scott. I mean, that's pretty clear. I, I can't believe I'm saying that. But it's really nice to have those guys back. And, yes, I think this will allow Phillip Rivers to hopefully be comfortable in the pocket and perform the best that he can in these last five games. I think it's very important for Phillip to do that, and I think getting his tackles back, obviously, will give him the best chance to do it. Yeah, and I think the most important thing you said there is trust. 
I mean, we've seen Philip Rivers miss some wide open throws this year because you can tell he just doesn't trust his offensive line and he's trying to just get the ball out of his hands. I mean, you even saw it last week with the Austin Eckler play where he gets tackled inbounds. He had Hunter Henry wide open. All of the linebackers were moving to Austin Eckler and he just kind of flips his sidearm to Eckler and not really under any immediate pressure. And that ended up being, you know, could have possibly even been a touchdown, but at least would have gotten them down to inside the 10-yard line. Either way, I mean, trust with these guys, knowing that your blind side is probably protected and you're not going to have someone come and strip sack you from behind. You can deal with the problems of Sam Tevy in front of you. And as much as we've, you know, bagged on Sam Tevy, there is still an obvious gap between him and Trent Scott and Trey Pipkins right now. So I think that is really important. And if Philip Rivers wants to try to turn his season around and, you know, have a more optimistic future, I think it comes with this offensive line getting a little bit healthier and at least putting the best version of whatever Tom Telesco gave them to work with on the offensive line. But we still have one more segment to get into talking about which chargers have the most to prove in the final five games of the season, whether it's getting a new contract or keeping their place on this team coming up right after this. All right, guys, time to get into the final segment of the show, talking about these final five games of the season and specifically which Chargers players have the most to prove during those final games of the season. So the Chargers have a bunch of big names on their impending free agency list, including Hunter Henry, Phillip Rivers, Melvin Gordon, amongst others. But there's a lot of guys on this team that not only are playing for the Chargers to try to make it into the playoffs this season, but are also trying to earn that next contract, earn a spot on this team, and and continue to be part of the future of the Chargers. So, David, when we're getting into this, there's obviously some big names on this list, but who do you want to start with as a player who has a lot to prove in the next five games? So, I mean, I think the obvious one for me to start with would be Melvin Gordon, but I'm not going to go there. I actually believe that these last four ga- these last five games games are most important to Philip Rivers. I think Philip Rivers obviously has had a very up and down, mostly bad start to this season, and I think now that he's getting, you know, healthy back on defense, getting his pass protectors back on offense, that he can go out there and really try to perform to the best of his ability to either get another contract with the Chargers and play in SoFi Stadium next year like he has stated that he wants to or get a contract from another team. But I think Philip Rivers is is I think it's very important for Philip Rivers to go out there and show everybody that he is still capable of performing at a high level if given time. And I think he's going to do that. And not only does he have a lot to prove, but I think he is pretty dead set on proving a lot of people wrong and, you know, kind of showing the people who have doubted him that he still has that. We know the kind of competitor he is, so you know that's weighing on him. So other guys on this list that I want to talk about, one of them is Adrian Phillips. So Adrian Phillips, John, signed a one-year contract with the Chargers in the offseason. Not very much money on the contract. We wanted it to be more, but he's kind of in a unique situation because unfortunately for him, he's only got to play in two games this season. So he even coming off of a very strong year where he kind of turned the Chargers defense around a little bit. And we know how important he is to the defense, especially playing that dime linebacker role. Now he has five more games 
to really put some tape together, if not just for the Chargers, John, but for whatever team he wants to get signed to next season. Obviously, I hope it's the Chargers. I think it's important. He's important to this team. And even if you signed him the next couple of years, he will always provide for you on special teams, even if he's not on the defense. But I think in these last five games, Adrian Phillips is trying to come out and, and put together some good film for that next contract next season when he's a free agent. He definitely is. I think the injury really ruined it for him because if he would have stayed healthy this year and done even cl- to like 70% of what he did last year, he would have gotten a lot of money this offseason. So I think the injury might have helped the Chargers case at getting him back for a cheaper cost. But I, with these la- next five games, if he wants that big contract or even just a decently sized contract. A multi-year contract, to- yeah. Yeah, and multi-year with some guaranteed money. He's going to have to shell out these next five games, and somebody will be willing to shell out. There's got to be somebody in the league that's missing that game-breaking safety on their team that they just absolutely have to have, and we're willing to shell out money for him. Whereas the Chargers, we have some decent safeties, and we would probably let him walk if he wanted big money. But if he, let's just say he shows out and puts up, say, 70%, 80% of what he did last year, I still think the Chargers will get him on another one-year deal. I don't think he's going to get a multi-year deal out of us. Some other team probably will offer it to him, but I think the Chargers are still going to go one-year deal. So regardless of what happens, Telesco and Anthony Lynn still bother me on this list. There's just so many guys on here that I think, even if they were to look good, Telesco and Lynn have their their thoughts already. If they look bad, Let's go and Lynn have their thoughts. Like the Tavis Brown, we thought he was going to be gone. He's on this list too. He has a lot to prove if he wants to remain a Charger, even though I'm pretty sure he's going to be gone. All three of us want him gone, I'm sure, right? There's no argument from either of us. Nope. No, I mean, I, I think he does have a lot to prove. I don't think he's ever going to get on the field this season unless it's due to major injuries to do it. Yeah, exactly. But if Anthony Lynn feels like he has faith in him, he'll be back. So there's that, that, that little... Part right there makes me worried that Adrian Phillips will probably just get a one-year contract and will be gone after this season, regardless of how good he plays. And unless he wants to sign that one-year deal or nobody else offers him that multi-year deal, he probably won't be back. Yeah, and Jatavis Brown is a guy that's on the list just because, I mean, he would have so much to have to prove to get back in the good favor. I think that's why he would be on this list, but I think you're right. And I think Adrian Phillips got really hurt last season by entering a safety free agent class that had Earl Thomas in it, that had Tyron Matthew, Adrian Amos, LaMarcus Joyner. I mean, it was a loaded safety class last year. I mean, you saw how Trey Boston couldn't find a job. It took a little while for Jaleel Dye to get on a team. Uh, You know, when we know what those guys are lacking as well, but I think that had some reason for him to sign a one-year deal, and it was kind of a prove-it contract, and unfortunately he hasn't got to prove it because he's missed so much time with injuries. But there's more guys on this list, and the next one is kind of interesting, David, because it's Derek Watt, who hasn't been on the field very much offensively, but is leading the NFL in special teams tackles with 13. So he's an unrestricted free agent after this season. He has only played more than 25% of the snaps once this season and he also has played less than 10 percent of the offensive snaps in four of their 
11 games so far this year as well. So he isn't a very big part of the Chargers offense. Maybe you see the Chargers use some more fullback down the final five games of the season. But but David, I think in this respect, I think that Derek Watt has kind of already proven that he deserves a spot on this team. At least if you're not even talking fullback, it's special teams. And now he's a guy that you know is serving and wearing multiple hats for this Chargers team. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. He's a serviceable fullback, right? I mean, he's pretty decent. Like, yeah, he's I fine. mean, he's good, but where he's going to have to make his money and make his mark on this team is on special teams. He's going to have to go out there and blow guys up. He's going to have to rack up the tackles. That's how he's going to make himself invaluable. That's how he's going to say, hey, look what I do on special teams. You know you need a special teams ace. The Chargers have had a long, storied lineage of bringing in and and really fostering some really, really good special teams players. Derek Watt might be the next man on that list. Yeah, they have. I mean, Kasim Osgood, Adrian Phillips, I mean, a bunch of them. A couple other guys that show up, at least they could be part of the conversation, would be Hunter Henry. But I think for Hunter Henry, he's proven that if he's on the field, he's one of the most productive tight ends in the NFL. So I don't think he has to prove it production-wise. But, David, I know that you think that he does need to prove it health-wise. And I think you're right as far as if Hunter Henry is able to stay healthy the last five games of the season and, and be out there and keep doing what he's doing, he's going to earn his money in the offseason. And if for the Chargers, once he gets there, if he does stay healthy, it's probably going to take a you know a four or five-year deal somewhere in the range of $10 million, 8 to $10 million per season. So the Chargers are going to have to figure that out because – Right now, the only tight end you have under contract next season is Virgil Green, and that doesn't inspire a lot of hope for Charger fans. Hunter Henry, in my mind, is going to get signed no matter what to a team. He's going to get a pretty good-sized contract, I think. I mean, you look at Travis Kelsey, five years, $45 million extension. You had Zach Ertz from a few years ago signing something similar, the same with Jordan Reed. I think he has one of those coming his way, especially if he's able to stay healthy, but I think that only adds some more guaranteed dollars to his contract, the healthier he can stay. And I think the other player, John, that I think has a lot to prove as far as consistency-wise, if he wants to get another contract, is another player the Chargers re-signed to a one-year deal, and that's Damian Square, who especially over the last few weeks has really shined. And I think if he would put together a final five games of the regular season that really impressed the Chargers or impress other teams, he could be in for a multi-year contract, which would be huge for him because we didn't even think he would be back this season. I mean, if he falls off the face of the earth, he could really cost himself next season. I didn't even think about Damian Square. That's a great point you brought up. He's been showing out the past few games. He's actually had really good performances this year. So he is definitely in the running for getting a multi-year contract, maybe not from the Chargers, but from somebody else. So these next five games, if he's consistently showing what he's been showing the past three games with how well he's got in the backfield, how well he's played in the run, how well he's got after the quarterback, he could definitely be gone from the Chargers and be getting at least a three-year deal from somebody. It might not be a big mega deal, but three years is a guaranteed contract. And if you get cut after one year, guess what? You got guaranteed money, and he'll take that in a heartbeat. So Damian Square definitely belongs on this list, but I want to bring up a guy who's not a free agent after this year, but is definitely someone that should get an extension, and that is Joey Bosa, who if he stays healthy these next five games, he could earn does he earn an extension from the Chargers? Avoid getting to that franchise tag or avoid getting to free agency period. If he gets to 
free agency, then <laughs> there's going to be a lot of money you're going to have to shell out for. Him. But if you get it for an extension, you probably could save yourself some money. Well, and it might be your only way to retain him. If the Chargers get into a bidding war with Joey Bosa or if they try to franchise tag him, that's only going to get ugly. I think the Chargers, if they want to re-sign Joey Bosa, it's going to have to come before he hits the open market. And Joey Bosa could play all 16 games this season, which would be absolutely monumental for him, especially with the big contract coming up. I think he does, if he can prove he can stay healthy these next five weeks, his paycheck is already signed. I mean, there's a lot of zeros on whatever the next check is for Joey Bosa. And I think even just the Bosa name right now, the Bosa hype train is at an all-time high. Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, it doesn't matter. I mean, John Bosa would probably get signed right now if a team worked him out. But the Bosa name is at an all-time high. If he can stay healthy, which is literally the only knock on him as a player, He's going to, to get a ton of money, and the Chargers' only chance, and for me, I think they need to put a very strong push in to extend him this offseason because you just don't get generational talents like him very often. But we are we, going – go ahead. Real quick. We also obviously – I know I mentioned mentioned him very quickly in, in the beginning, but Melvin Gordon, obviously, these last five games for Melvin Gordon are pivotal for him. I mean, he's started to look a little bit better, a little bit better – but he really has to show out these last five games. I'd, I'd like to see consecutive 100-plus yards, you know, some touchdowns. I think this is his opportunity right here to show teams he's healthy, he's ready to be the number one guy, he's ready to help you win games. These last five games for Melvin Gordon are extremely important to his potential contract. Totally, and I think, you know, we kind of wrote him off a little bit just because he won't be on the Chargers next season in all likelihood, if you believe any of the things out there, and it makes a lot of sense with how contentious this has been but Melvin Gordon I mean his whole season has been under the spotlight and he's trying to make a lot of money and get paid like an elite running back and right now off of the games even the last three games where he's played well you're not going to give him elite running back money he's going to have to prove it over the last five games of the season and you know the Chargers are going to feed him the rock when they can or at least that's what they preach is that they're going to stay balanced but We'll see because how these games go are going to dictate a lot of that. If the Chargers go down 14 to nothing in three out of the last five games, probably doesn't look too good for Melvin Gordon's paycheck. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Tomorrow, guys, we are going to be doing crossover Wednesday with Cody Rourke of the Locked on Broncos podcast. We're excited to get together with them and talk about the second matchup between these two teams this year and how the Chargers are going to smoke the Broncos this time around. But until then, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page, Locked On Chargers, as well as subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. If you guys want to call into the Locked On Chargers voicemail line, we have one more voicemail for the next voicemail show. We need a few more. Call into 323-524-7924 because every Chargers voicemail gets played on the show. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow for Crossover Wednesday. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.